A young woman people can't stop talking about. Go Taylor. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Yes, Taylor Swift. 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 Ish. What just happened? Okay. <clears throat> Welcome back to Swiftish. This is Shelby. Don't you mean sexy baby? Yeah, well, personally, I identify with the, what is it, the humongous monster no one wants to sit with, um, but I'm happy to be joined by you, my uh, my sexy baby cohort, Ashley. Yes, this is Ashley. I yeah. can't get over sexy baby. I can't. I'm obsessed with it. Honestly, like the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, okay, I love that. Like I had mm-hmm. no, it didn't even, it didn't even phase me. I was just like, yeah. yes, <laughs> I was like bored with this. I was like, what is a sexy baby? I wasn't thrown off by it, but I was like, that's an interesting choice. Sexy baby. You know, she also, you know, I love you like a brother, sexy baby. Like, Okay, yeah. This well, definitely interesting. She says, I trust you like a brother, which is at least Oh, yeah. Better. Trust you. You know, it's not quite like Game of Thrones incest. It's yes. just like. Sorry. We've got I that have- relationship. <laughs> I've been watching House of Dragons, so love yeah. you like a cousin, love you like a brother, yeah. love you like an uncle. It's all yeah, you've got incest it's all on relative. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no. No, it's been a big – I mean, last time we podcasted was talking about, like, the announcement of Midnight's, which yeah. was, like, a month-ish or so, a month and a half ago. She didn't release any singles, so we haven't recorded since. Mm-mm. And the whole process has been kind of, like, a change of pace for her, kind of different from – you know, Lover, which had like a six-month lead time, single after single, like just so much content leading up to the album drop versus Folklore and Evermore, which were both surprise drops, absolutely no promo, boom, done. And so now she's find she's found herself doing this like, I'll promote it, but I'm going to keep you at arm's length. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's she what has. to me. Okay, so I know Lover, when she did Lover, she had the, like, album release party. I, like, it's been so long ago. Did she do Secret Sessions for Lover? Yes. Okay, so she did Secret Sessions for Lover and Reputation. I'm still in my Reputation, like, mode, yeah. I guess. Um, but this time, no Secret Sessions, no yeah. release party. And I do have to say, it has been a breath of fresh air for me <laughs> because we're not online. Well, first of all, I know, you know, I wasn't invited to something that didn't happen. So that's great. Yeah. Um, no FOMO. But also we don't have to, we didn't have to deal with the, oh my gosh, track number five is going to tear your heart that's into pieces. Like glass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we weren't like, there weren't, there wasn't any, any promo from fans from like, yeah. anything like even no, like the public hadn't heard it, and neither did any of her fans, which was great. It was real. It was refreshing on my. It was my definitely opinion. yeah. It was mm-hmm. like all we had to go off was what she was literally giving us in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't the same like. Yes, people were finding Easter eggs, but there wasn't like the same campaigning from Taylor or Taylor Nation mm-hmm. to like dig in and like never give up. And I felt like that was interesting. I will say it was kind of like. Obviously, I can't say if it's because of this promo or because of where I am at, like in my life and feeling a little bit less, you know, more spread out. But it didn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't like as captivating as like my excitement for reputation or my mm-hmm. excitement for lover. Um, so it was kind of like easy to like lose track of it. Like when Thursday, came around I was like oh yeah her album comes out tonight like it was just like (laughs) I almost almost forgot um which is interesting I feel like 
I think I saw, you know, the fandom was kind of split. Some people liked the Midnight's Mayhem with me. Some people thought it was like dragging it out, but it's also like that's barely any content content mm-hmm. compared to what we were getting. Um, but were you having a good time waiting around for this album or do you wish she'd done a little bit more? Um, I wish she would have done a little bit more just because, you know, Midnight's Mayhem with me for those who aren't on TikTok or on aren't on Instagram, you know, at the stroke of Eastern time midnight, she would um, do a little raffle and pull out a ball and tell us what track name was like, say track seven. This is a track t- title for seven. Um, just, it was really interesting on my end to see all the Easter eggs that were being thrown out just based off of <laughs> she has two fingers yes. kind of like oh, flipped yeah. <laughs> over. Like there were just so many TikToks about all of these, like there's a countdown for something. She wasn't giving us anything. She was literally yeah. giving us what she said she was going to be giving us. Yeah. Track number seven, track number five, whatever. <laughs> That's what she was doing. But so many, like I, so many Easter eggs were popping up out of nowhere. Yeah. And I was wondering, I was like, I don't think it's ever been this crazy before. And I like, maybe just because I could see the actual Easter eggs Taylor Swift was dropping, but I'm also kind of blaming TikTok. Because oh, yeah. it's like a content machine. Just a content machine, like flow and flow and flow. And like I saw so many different Easter eggs from one account. Like that Easter egg wasn't right. So she did this other Easter egg wasn't right. So she did this. And it was just really interesting because I'm sure a lot of people, some of the Easter eggs, people were slamming. And they've been slamming this since like uh, Reputation, but yeah. a double <laughs> album theory. Everyone's like double album, double album, double album. Yeah. So when Taylor did release seven extra songs, they were like, I'm right. Double album. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> like okay, whatever makes you feel better. You're like, but, sure, yeah, we'll count. Yeah, it. <laughs> but like, um, I was a little bit tuned in from t- from TikTok. You know, there was that one night that she she kept everyone up from like midnight Eastern time to like four a.m. Eastern yeah. time, releasing all the song singles because I guess somebody um, released a track it was list. Leaked, yeah, it was a leak, so she wanted to get ahead of the game. So there were a lot of like sleepless nights for people. Um, I have a not baby, for Taylor so, though. I'm sure no. those were all pre-recorded and <laughs> oh, definitely those were all pre-recorded. And you could tell sometime by her hair that like, oh, that wasn't a braid, but now it's straight. Yeah. So she all yeah. she it was a very sleepless night for um for, for fans. Taylor Nation and yeah. for her fans because she was just rolling it out. Um, yeah. but everything went really seamless for her. You know, there wasn't a lot for her to do. Our fans were freaking out, but um. Yeah. The biggest freak out though was she did that seven day planner on oh, TikTok, yes. that video. Nights yes. Manifest. The manifest. And she had like seven days of release week and she basically charted out anti hero music video. We're getting another music video tomorrow. Um, you know, just all these interviews. But of course, on release day, there was midnight midnight's release and then 3 a.m. a chaotic surprise, which yeah. was throwing people for a loop. I thought it was going to be like, I was like, what's, what's the most chaotic thing I can think of? And I should have just like not gone that chaotic. Yeah. Taylor Swift doesn't <laughs> give us those back. chaotic things. I needed to dial it back because that's what Taylor Swift was doing. But you and I were texting and I was saying, oh, well, maybe tour will go on sale. Because the only reason I thought that was because the UK and Canada, if you went to go buy her CD before release date, it said 
by midnight, by midnight on the 21st, and you'll get a pre-sale code for the UK and Canada shows. So I was like, oh my gosh, tour is going to get on sale. But I wasn't thinking of it from like mag- from like a marketing perspective. She yeah. wanted to sell albums, sell yeah. albums, sell albums. And maybe the UK and Europe and, U- and Canada don't give her a lot of album sales. But that I just should have thought of it like that. But I was like, oh, I tickets. So I was like, you and yeah. I were texting back and forth. You're like, call me twice. If yeah, going <laughs> 3 a.m. But it was seven yeah. additional songs. Yeah, because I thought like obviously everyone's like, OMG, Taylor's tour is going to be so popular now because she's coming off at the highs of Folklore and Evermore. She got mm-hmm. a bunch of new fans and she just hasn't gone live in so long that people are excited and she's kind of more popular or at least was before this turning of the tide. But And so people <laughs> okay. are like going to keep like – it's going to be hard to get tickets. So I thought maybe yeah. her idea of like equalizing the playing field is like, oh, 3 a.m. tickets for my most ardent supporters type thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it it didn't turn out to be that. It turn, turned out to be a pretty predictable surprise if we'd been realistic, which is additional tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The 3 a.m. edition, um, which is all very interesting. And I think it's hard to like figure out how to like talk about this album because I feel like there's so much to kind of discuss mm-hmm. as far as comparing it to what she's been doing for the last two years, which is the folklore evermore kind of cottage mm-hmm. core, but then also her re-recordings, which are still like, in, you know, we have Red and we have Fearless and those are very country, very like, you know, quiet adjacent albums compared to 1999 and Reputation, which is where she had been before every and lover before everything kind of fell apart and um and so then you have that but then on top of that you have like the fact that this album is her first full co-produced with jack antonoff yeah (laughs) which jack antonoff has been going through his own sort of i don't know rise and fall in popularity Yeah, yeah people are kind of like sick of him oh y'all sounds the same blah 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 you know and we love a jack antonoff number you know he's given us a lot of great hits but this is the first one where she's fully invested with just him he's credited in almost every single song not only as producer but as a songwriter except for her singular written track which is karma wait is it i don't know which one it is (laughs) She has one one written track. My notes are all over the place. Um, <laughs> but anyways, so there's that, which is interesting too, coming off of the re-recordings off of Folk Lovermore because all of those were done with Aaron Dessner hand in hand a lot. And so mm-hmm. kind of like a return to her pop path she had been on, but also a lot of similarities to themes that she discussed in Folklore Evermore. You also have William Bowery appearing on this um, at least once. And it's just kind of like an interesting moment in her career because it does feel like she had five different paths to choose from and any of them could have been like a logical next step. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this one, we didn't know what to expect. We didn't know what the vibe would be. She was giving us a 1970s aesthetic. It was maybe like going to be a rock pop type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was very like earth toned. You know, she has her moonstone, her jade, her uh, lavender colored mahogany. Yeah. mahogany. And so I was definitely expecting something a little bit more, I don't know, like n- like down like natural I want to say like er, like real instruments you know but it turned mm-hmm. out to be very synth Techno. and it's interesting to like 
match that to the aesthetic mm-hmm. where usually there's a very clear th- through line. But mm-hmm. all that to say, um, big album release, big success so far, um, critically acclaimed, also con controversial um and it's been interesting to watch the internet kind of feed on this new content for better or worse Mm -hmm. and we we know that taylor swift is an unreliable narrator we know this especially since she's kind of drifted off uh, like since reputation she's been kind of Mm -hmm. unreliable and people are really digging into this album because she says it's 13 sleepless nights like things have kept her up at night so people a lot of people are thinking it's from like her point of view but like reading into some lyrics some of the songs you know they're all people who are who are like you know pushing stuff on taylor swift or like thinking it's about somebody else so it's so interesting to really dissect this album and really think like is this about her is this about just like um, scenarios she's running in her head that she wish she could have done like it's just so interesting to like really know you know what is fact from fiction yeah no i love this i yeah I want to sit down with you and talk about every single song. Yeah. Because <laughs> we exciting. haven't really. We no, haven't really. <laughs> but it's exciting because we were both kind of getting to this point with Taylor where it was just I, – I, we talked about it last time. Evermore, I wasn't really on repeat for me. Um, she's done folklore, and it was just kind of like stagnant. And I feel like hmm. a lot of – like some of our friends felt the same way. And maybe our fans could tell that maybe we were going down that rabbit hole of just kind of like – not like still loving Taylor, but not being like, oh my gosh, let's talk about Taylor. Um, but I feel like maybe this is reunited, reignited your flame ish, maybe <laughs> since you're like, let's talk about all of them. But like, it's, it's well, I'm just, I mean, yeah, it's just such mm-hmm. a curious album because mm-hmm. I feel like right before the Midnight's Drop, it was like pro Taylor across the board. Like, even for like, obviously, she has a huge amount of fans across genres that she's you know been able to collect through these last couple albums that were kind of different kind of you know more focused on we were at a place as a society where we were willing to embrace oh taylor is talented mm-hmm. <laughs> happy to see it happy to witness it um and then on top of that they loved a lot of her songs because a lot of her songs on evermore folklore her re-recordings her vault tracks like there's a lot of power there and mm-hmm. um and you have the nostalgia factor all of that so it's kind of this like perfect storm of like wow rising taylor up but we you and i know that when taylor gets to the top of the pyramid that's when people start like trying to claw her down true of any Mm -hmm. celebrity really but it was interesting to think of like how people were reacting to midnights right before midnights came out and i don't know if you noticed this but my twitter feed was just like yes midnights is getting great review reviews rolling stones give it five stars it has a 95 95 metacritic score on release date like mm-hmm. omg queen strikes again and then within the last few days it's just been like mm, i have a problem with this i don't like this this isn't right mm-hmm. ew for this i mm-hmm. actually hate her why are we celebrating her she's so mediocre and it's just like guys we've been through this already <laughs> We've yeah. been through this so just like exhaustively through 2016. And I don't need every single human being to like Taylor Swift, listen to Taylor Swift, or think she's like the greatest artist. I don't. But I also am just like, I don't need these think pieces about how you're too cool to like Taylor. Like I'm just yeah. like, that's so 2012. And I'm like yeah. not here for it. 
like I can see if people are like I'm if, if they're actually like you know I'm not really vibing with yeah. her songwritings I'm not really vibing with this sound I thought she was going to maybe reinvent herself a little bit more if they had a little bit more like meat behind the reason that they didn't like it instead of just attacking her as a person but being mm-hmm. like you know I'm not you know I just didn't like this album you know not personal I just don't like this album but instead of attacking her as a person is that's totally different yeah it's really like sneering and kind of like condescending and it's like I can't believe you dumb idiot 12 year old girls think this is good like it's just like (laughs) yeah did you see are you talking about the alpha man tweet oh I don't even know I've seen so many like think pieces twitter personalities like uh, articles that are just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just like this energy that feels very triggering to me mm-hmm. um, after surviving the, the 1989 <laughs> backlash where it's just like you can tell that they don't want her to be popular. Like mm-hmm. they that there's this unwritten line that people will allow a woman or someone they find annoying for un- some unspoken, untangible reason to get to. But once they cross that threshold into like, popularity and like sunshine they're like ew I don't want people to enjoy this thing I don't enjoy like there's got to be something wrong with it and that's not to say that there's not valid criticisms to Taylor like you said even if you don't like her music because of xyz that's totally fine I'm all for people talking about that and there was a lot of discourse around her music video and the fat phobia there and I valued Mm -hmm. that like I thought that was Mm -hmm. interesting but what annoys me to no end are the like the like kind of just yeah, condescending takes about like, oh, this is barely music. Like, why mm-hmm. would people enjoy this? Like, stream Carly Rae Jepsen instead. Like, this is oh, trash. Yeah. You're a loser and probably a racist and honestly homophobic if you listen to Taylor Swift. Oh, and gosh. it's just like a lot, a lot of negative energy where it's just yeah, like, this yeah. literally does not matter. It's mm-hmm. music and it mm-hmm. brings people joy or it doesn't. It doesn't need to mean anything else. And Taylor herself has made it very clear that um, it's just the music for her now. Like she's she's too soft for it all, as she says. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think it's well, been like frustrating to witness kind of the the public discourse around it again. Well, it's, it was it's interesting that you say like after like the backlash after she's released Midnight, but you know how she released the promos of the two music videos she's going to be um, yes. that she released already, and she can release tomorrow. Um, on Amazon Prime during football, one of the announcers was like, oh, yes. I guess if, you, uh, if you're a teenager, you know, you're going to like Taylor Swift. And so kind of put that in a corner, too, and just kind of, like, showcase yeah. all this hate she was going to be getting. And a lot of people were, like, backlash, like, whoa, like, anyone o- o- older than eight years old likes Taylor. Anyone <laughs> older than 18 years old likes Taylor. Helen, we're in our 30s, and we like Taylor. Um, yeah. I think a lot of football fans are really confused at her promo, but I was and, confused too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it would have made sense if she was doing like the Super Bowl, like yeah. like she was rumored to, but it shot down Rihanna's doing yeah. that. It would totally make sense that way. Um, but you know, a lot of people are giving her hate because of that. And I was like, hey, yeah. I was like, Amazon Prime, that's smart. They're getting a lot of viewership right here during the third quarter of Taylor Swift. But yeah. but it was, I was like, like I was like, Rob, um, when's the game? And he was like, What? Like, <laughs> I've never ever put on like tele like televised <laughs> sports ever before. I have no interest. And he was just like, Why? And I was like, 
Taylor Swift. <laughs> Do you need to ask Rob? I should only yes, be one answer. Taylor Swift. <laughs> so it kind of started off that way, really. Um, some condescending nature, you know, mm-hmm. from like the voice on your screen. And then I, 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 why do you, do you really think people are just hating Taylor now just because they're not liking her music or they're just exhausted with her? I think there's obviously something about Taylor that bothers people. And mm-hmm. I get it, right? Like, especially like. She likes to play the underdog, and she feels that in her core. You know, whatever Anti-hero. happened in her childhood, whatever happened in her teen years, like she she clearly has some, you know, insecurities and neuroses, which we all struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's just this easy sort of flippant way people react to that, where they're like, "You're beautiful, and you're skinny, and you're rich, mm-hmm. so why mm-hmm. why should I pity you?" And mm-hmm. it's like, well, hold on. She's not like sitting there going to the UN being like, "Please make a Taylor Swift is awesome day." I can't handle this insecurity anymore. Like, I need to know. She's just someone who likes to write about her feelings, and her feelings might not speak to everyone. But that's what she does. She's writing her feelings. She's writing her songs. She likes doing her music. And mm-hmm. so that's what she's been doing. And I feel like you can argue about like how she managed the like expectations and the uh, relationship between the public and her early albums and like playing the victim, so to speak. And I think she too has been unpacking that. And you've seen that in songs like Mirrorball. You see that in this album where she sings about like, oh, the jokes aren't funny, but I took the money. And it's like, yes, exactly. Like she's processing her own lived ex- existence and she happens to do it on a global scale because she happens to be a very well-loved singer-songwriter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I think as I think about this, and you and I have a specific relationship with my co-host on PSU Wrong, Matt, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who is a self-proclaimed hater. And I don't understand it because I've never felt – Like, yes, I can roll my eyes at celebrities and be like, oh, Chrissy Teigen drives me nuts. But I would Mm -hmm. never, like, sit there and, like, make it my personality to be online when Chrissy Teigen is releasing something and being like, I hate Chrissy Teigen. I'm going to do anything else except acknowledge this. Was doing that? (laughs) I mean, there's an element of this snobby – because on on Twitter – Mm-hmm. It was like everyone's talking about Midnight's. And then you'd have the people yeah. who are annoyed that everyone's talking about Midnight's talking about how they're annoyed that everyone's talking mm-hmm. about Midnight's. And it's like, well, you're now talking about Midnight's too instead of living yeah. your own life. And yeah. that's not to say they can't, but I'm just saying there's this weird need to be part of the story, even though it literally doesn't concern you because you're a self-admitted hater. You know, like it's... You just you have aren't... to let everyone know you still hate it. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I hate it. It's me. <laughs> I'm um, a hater. Girl. It's me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's just like, and then you get to the the think piece element of it. And mm. I think obviously there's a content factory where the the louder the headline, the bigger the views type thing. And maybe that's a part of it. But I do think, you know, you and I mentioned briefly there was this insider deep dive on each of the tracks and they were most of the a couple of them were Swifties like Taylor Swift fans but they were disappointed by this album they're just talking about it it's not the most positive review of the album but you take elements of that and you give power to these people who aren't Mm -hmm. interested in the discourse they're interested in the teardown and it's a zero-sum game where they want Taylor to fail because it will mean 
I don't know, they're they're right about something. They were justified in in hating her nondescriptly. Like it's like it reminds me a lot of the Hatha hate, like the Anne Hathaway just attack where it's like you're annoying mm-hmm. and I don't want to see you succeed because you personally annoy me and it's like no, I don't know what it is it's just I hate you so <laughs> yeah. do you kind of think so there is that insider article there were so many articles that are coming out that's Taylor Swift's awesome this this is great yeah. the best album yet so many great um titles do you think that maybe they wanted to switch it so that for the clickbait it says we regret to inform you that taylor swift's midnight is not very good like people are going to click on that because all they've been seeing through their twitter feed through their facebook through everything is it's an amazing like praise 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 so if you don't like taylor or if you're just like wondering if you love it and you're like why isn't this good you know it's a lot of clickbait i think yeah yeah, and that's not to say that I think everyone who's saying they don't like this album or that it's her worst are mm. saying it just to be, you know, um maybe they don't, don't like it. I I know like, that there's yeah. there's a fan of our podcast that is in my Swifterinos um group and they had mentioned they posted they're like has Taylor kind of reached her plateau for me? You mm. know, like is I knew she'd get there one day and maybe right. she'd like, you know, not be my artist anymore like is that this album which is interesting because there are people who aren't vibing with it and it's not just clickbait it's just it's it's fact yeah it's interesting because um and we can talk about kind of how we reacted to it because like I I'm tired all the time (laughs) I don't think it's just having a baby it's just like where I am in my phase of life as a 30 some Mm -hmm. woman I'm just like tired and the idea of staying up and listening to the album wasn't bringing me the same joy that it has in the past Mm -hmm. and so I was like okay I'll stay up I'll stay up and I'll listen to it but then like three tracks in I was like you know what I'm not enjoying this I feel like I'm forced to I'm gonna go to bed and so my first reaction wasn't like like when I listened to Red the Taylor's version Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm just going to listen to like all too all 10 minute version and maybe Holy Ground and then I'll go to bed and revisit this. But I stayed up and I listened to the whole thing. Yeah, and did. a lot of that was the nostalgia. A lot of that was the mm-hmm. fun of like hearing the difference, listening to the vault tracks, thinking, well, there's, you know, frothing at the mouth. And so with this one, I was like a little bit, huh, am I disappointed by this album? And mm-hmm. it is, it was weird because it wasn't what I was expecting, but it was also like, looking at you're like of course this is what this album is knowing it's jack antonoff knowing you know it's about these midnights knowing that she's revisiting this path of life where Mm -hmm. she was gonna do her pop stuff and so it is like a predictable sound but it's not like i don't know i i woke up and i was like my husband was like meh it's like kind of a mid album and i was like yeah but I still like love a lot of the songs and I've been mm-hmm. like enjoying listening to it. And I will say, and this will come up later too, I'm sure. But the 3 a.m. tracks are especially like my vibe. Um, oh. And I, I was, I really, I like this album, but I think my general takeaway is it isn't her worst album. I think mm-hmm. generally speaking, Lover is a more, like it's a messy album to me and I think I've raked that low, but mm-hmm. Lover has some of her greatest tracks ever written. Yeah. Lover has some of her strongest, best music moments. And so while I think this album as a whole is a strong album, I don't think there's any tracks on here that'll crack her top 10 mm-hmm. at all. And I don't think that means she's like canceled or like her career is ending. 
I think it just means she wanted to go back to pop and she'll find her footing again and I'll probably be wowed by a, a Death by a Thousand Cuts style song on yeah. the next album, you know? Yeah. This yeah, is just kind of like mm-hmm. – well, you had texted me saying you're going to bed because you you are falling asleep. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "Is the album making you fall asleep, or are you legitimately tired?" And you're like, "Oh no, no, no!" You're like, "I am tired." <laughs> so I listened to the whole thing through. Um, if people you. remember what we talked about on the last episode, I had wanted like a Lizzo banger because I was mm-hmm. like, "I need to go back to Reputation. I need something more like like you know." turn up at in like the middle of the night when I'm just like driving through, yeah. you know, not being able to sleep, just like singing at the top of my lungs. Yes. And the, the first track, I was like, I don't know if this is going to be my album to be like, you know, I'll just have to like lean on Lizzo a little bit more. But <laughs> there were some, some tracks where I was like, yes, it's not that scream at the top of your lungs, but the bass, the beat, the the tone, like vigilante shit, anti-hero <laughs> karma. Like I'm like, I can see myself really vibing to that. And, you know, I got it. We got a message on Instagram. Someone saying like, I don't know if this is going to be good for tour, but the mm. beats and the bass, I can just really imagine her making these like poppy and the sounds going to be like engulfing our ears and the mashups are going to be amazing. Like I, I do imagine great things for tour though. But yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting album because, like she says, it's like the story of 13 Midnights in her life. And Mm -hmm. so there is like – she does seem to be paying homage to these different eras where some of the songs seem to reflect some of what that time period was. Like you get Mm – like she even samples out of the woods in one of the tracks. And so there is like this – recognition of just the breadth of (laughs) work she's done Mm -hmm. and that makes it fun but she's also like having like like yeah I think it'll be a fun tour just because one I love it any any Taylor live is just a good time Mm -hmm. (laughs) she puts her heart and soul into it and it makes more sense as a tour than like folklore or evermore would yeah and I do feel like the instrumentation while heavy on the synth and maybe I could have afforded a tiny, itsy bitsy, teeny weeny less Jack Antonoff. <laughs> See, I'm so surprised that you're saying this because th- didn't he have his hand heavy in 1989? No. no. 1989 oh, is mostly Jack- Max Martin and Shellback. Max Martin. Okay. Yeah. Was Jack introduced to in Reputation? Was, no. J- Jack Antonoff was on 1989 for a couple okay. of songs. Oh, um, Okay. And I, See, I really like him. Like I do – some of my favorite songs are Jagged Enough, Getaway Car, um, Death by a Thousand Cuts, I think. Uh, you know, there's power there. And I think the you can album. watch their – yeah, you can watch their collaboration and it really works well. You know, like watching the behind the scenes on Reputation and seeing them work together. You mm-hmm. like see why they get along so well and why they vibe creatively. But mm-hmm. I saw like an article or a tweet about how the problem with – maybe this was Insider actually – is that um, that Jack Antonoff needs to be reined in sometimes. If she has a clear vision, she's able to, like, control him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. with – I think you see it a lot in how she describes the lakes where she was like, you know what, I want to do it this way. Like, let's save your overproduced strings version for, a, for like, a secondary single type. Mm-hmm. And so I think here it was just they were indulging in their own, like – I don't know. I don't know. It might grow on me. Like, it might be that I'm feeding off of, like, people's criticisms. I'm like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. This is, like, very da-da-da-da-da. 
But Mm -hmm. I will say, like, overall, I want to be clearer. I think these songs, the energy on this album is something I enjoy sitting through more than, like, I did with Lover as a full album. Like, there's Mm -hmm. a lot Mm -hmm. less skips, let's say. Um, I just don't think it's her best work by any means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, there Uh, were things on Evermore that just, like, blew my mind, even uh, though there were also things that I was like, "Mm, this isn't my vibe. Yeah. So there's this is more of a steady easy base but there aren't any of those like whoa factors for me (laughs) well you know I think um the public wants to know this one question because you have talked about in the past that she hasn't really selected the right singles to (laughs) you know showcase what the album is going to be about to highlight she didn't do any singles leading up so therefore like we had no idea like what the sound was going to be but Antihero is the single, the first single mm-hmm. of the album with the music video. I've been very curious to know if you think that that was a good choice. Yeah, you know, I I will say I think she made a very good choice to not release a mm-hmm. single ahead of this. Not because I think she would have chosen the wrong one or it would have been like bad, but because I think this album was better as a sort of surprise vibe. Like I think mm-hmm. it would have been confusing to get something like like, I think what set her up for failure with Lover was me being like, whoa, and then having an album that's like, oh, okay, actually, I get it. Well, yeah, and I think me that's and you need to calm down. Yeah. Those two, I don't think fully really reflect with the album, like the great yeah. hits on the album. Yeah. She yeah. loves choosing her so-called glitter gel pins songs for mm-hmm. singles, which mm-hmm. I'm curious why she keeps doing that when her fans keep saying, like, you know, do better. Yeah. Yeah. We want Cornelia Street. We want Death by a Thousand Cuts. Like, give us those. So what did you think about Antihero? Antihero was one of my favorite songs. Okay. So Um, would you have chosen that as a single? I think Lavender Haze would have been a better, Mm -hmm. like, I think that song would be a better play for a lot of audiences. Mm-hmm. I think she chose Antihero, and it's interesting the way she talked about Antihero because she released two sort of behind-the-scenes conversations about the songs. One was for Lavender Haze, where she explained the, um, no, guys, this isn't about me being gay um, <laughs> thing. Mm-hmm. And that was a whole drama. Uh, so much. <laughs> but um, the other one was Antihero, where she said, this was one of my favorite songs I've ever written. Mm-hmm. Um it's all about like, ooh, you know, self-loathing and uh, kind of what I went through and like, yeah, cry for me type thing. Like she was very self-mocking um, about it, but also acknowledging that this is a song about how it feels to listen to your worst self mm-hmm. and like be in your own head and like, you know, root for like the, the worst like kind of insecurities. And so it definitely wasn't what I was expecting. Um, when Taylor Swift says this is my best song ever written, I think – Wow, depth, emotion, yeah. Uh, yeah, true trauma being explored. <laughs> yeah, and this is very like playful. It's very, it's very like candy pop, like kind of lighthearted. Like I can see why she thinks it means why it means so much to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but it definitely did surprise me that this is the song that she was like, "Oh, I'm so proud of this." Not because it's not fun, but just because I would have thought she'd say that about something like. I don't know, uh, you know, all too well, or mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. even Cornelia Street or New Year's Day yeah. or something, or Lover. Yeah. You know, this was just kind of like, oh, it, it's very simplistic. It's hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Like it's like, it's not 
even comparing it to something similar like the archer mm-hmm. um i feel like the archer is about her anxiety around relationships specifically and how she's constantly sabotaging her own happiness in romantic relationships whereas this is very much more about wow in general i kind of hate myself and that's made it really hard for me in every single avenue of my life mm-hmm. um which is a very vulnerable and real feeling to share um but she does it like so playfully that it's kind of like I don't know if it's fully it is like I don't know. Did you like it? Oh yeah. I I, I liked it because like you said, it's like very catchy, very yeah. like gel pin glitter. <laughs> yeah, I I really liked it as a single. Definitely better than than uh you need to calm down and me. Um I enjoy it. I but it was just really it wasn't it like the depth. The depth wasn't there that you were thinking you're going to get and you know me I'm I love my poppy pop pops mm-hmm. um songs and I so I I'm not discrediting mm-hmm. her for for writing and releasing as a single saying it, it's her it's a favorite song she's written but is it her favorite song though like she had a fun right. time writing it like I'm wondering like is it favorite because she was able to be like look at her from a different angle and being self-loathing and people are always making her the the butt of the joke so maybe she yeah. was like okay I'm gonna you know kind of do like a, a blank space twist yeah. on it just be like okay I'm gonna be this ditzy sexy baby yeah. you know <laughs> writing the song um, no I honestly yeah it was like it was a fun time like I said I really yeah. like her vocals on it I love the sexy baby line I had no problem with mm-hmm. it um <laughs> I also probably didn't have a problem with it because I did like recognize its referential uh, usage. Like it's used in New Girl, like it's used mm-hmm. in Thirty Rock. Like I've seen it yeah. before, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, oh, I get what you're saying. Like you're not like it never crossed my mind that she's like, oh my gosh, I think these babies are so hot. Like you know, yeah, it no, wasn't no. literal. <laughs> no, no. But it was like, um, like listening to it, I was like, yeah, this is a vibe. I liked it a lot. I'm trying to think. The problem I have with these songs in general is that not that they all bleed into one another, but they don't have like moments that stand out maybe as easily as some of her past ones. Um, There's all there's like a similar sound or vibe to them all. Like it's a very cohesive, uh, sonically cohesive album. A criticism she's getting she's been getting is that it sounds like stuff she's already done in the past, which I feel is what a lot of artists struggle with. Um, like I'm yeah. specifically thinking of Katy Perry, you know, Taylor yeah. Swift isn't so good at reinventing her sound and reinventing her era. And that's one yeah. reason why she's like just constantly growing and growing. Whereas you see Katy Perry, who's a great artist, great performer, but she's kind of stuck in that, that pop synth pop yeah. that she's been doing since day one so I think people are expecting so much more than this um someone specific one of my friends specifically said like oh Maroon just sounds like something she's already done before mm-hmm. like I feel like I've already heard this song and like you said they're all kind of flowing in and out so maybe that's where some people are like not really catching on it's like I was yeah. expecting something so different but she's kind of meshed folklore and lover and reputation and now it's their yeah. baby I know it's interesting. It, it feels like like 1989 and Reputation like mm-hmm. yeah. took an edible and just yeah. like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> got together. And that's and where you go. Like, that's where I think you get all like the the techno vibey yeah. um, sounds is because I think 70s people like that 70s show. Think of that 70s mm. shows like you know, all these kids getting around. They're high. They're smoking. So that's where I'm thinking where all of this like song yeah. is. Like for instance, Midnight Rain. And I've seen. I saw this Insider article. I saw this. 
other tweet too, but I was literally sitting down on my couch listening to the song and it was like, you know, he wanted me to be his bride. Yeah. And I stopped it and I was like, what, what's wrong with my speaker? I was like, what is going on? And I like went to the previous song and it was fine. I was like, okay, like, is my speed warped up? What the heck's going on? And then I skipped forward and it was her singing and I didn't like it at first because I thought it was like, yeah. I, I was not ready for it, but I kind of like it now. Now I'm kind of like vibing to the song. And I'm like, now that I'm expecting it, a lot of people are like, Oh, Taylor's nice boy. Ed. Um, <laughs> but like, nice as, but Ed, all that techno. Yeah. Nice boy. Ed, people are still thinking that that's, it's her. Um, and that's one thing I did was I paused the song and I was like, is anyone featured on the song? Like, yeah. <laughs> what, like what, what's going on? But it kind of gives me that, like the high, like she must've been like, you know, her and Jack introduced her to edibles and they were just like, Ooh, I like this. Cause now I do like it. But before that track, I think this is track four. I'm not sure before that track, she hasn't had to introduce any of these like weird vocals. And then after the track, you get more of those like techno vocals in there. But I was like, okay. I was like, I can see a seventies vibe with those. You're high. And it's just like everything just vibing. Yeah. I listened to it out of order. So it wasn't as like disconcerting when I heard it start because she does do that in a couple songs and I don't mind it but I am curious like why like I want to understand what it's adding or what it's meant to do because that is kind of what I feel with this album is that it's just her having fun which is fine Mm -hmm. like yeah experiment girl but it does feel like I'm used to a much more polished finished Mm -hmm. result you know like Mm kind of not to say that she just whipped this together because clearly she's been working on it and like you know she references some of the lines in her interviews and her NYU commencement speech and stuff so it's been on it's been in the works but it does feel kind of like I don't know it it feels like there's a lot of indulging in sort of curiosities but not necessarily in a way that makes sense for the song itself like Mm -hmm. you know because I feel like when you think about Out of the Woods, which is one you don't love, but there's a real there's a real purpose to the anxiety of that song mm-hmm. and the repetition. Oh, and I, that's why I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, it. yeah, exactly. I, yeah. It works too yeah. well. It feels, uh, I feel that. <laughs> Whereas with this, it's like, yeah, sure, there's like this weird vo- voice like m- manipulation and like mm-hmm. – I want to know like what some of these sound moments in the songs are meant to convey because for me mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily like – it's not an additive to the song itself. Like it works with vigilante shit. You know exactly like the energy she's going for and it, Mm -hmm. and it works really well. It Mm -hmm. also, I would say karma is another one and bejeweled. You get that like Mm -hmm. light frothy. It all works as a whole. Whereas some of these like that blend a little bit more together in my head, I'm like, I'm like, why did we need so much horn on this? Or, you know, like, is this just Mm -hmm. Jack? Mm -hmm being like playful with his music or is it meant to evoke something to make the song deeper and maybe that's Mm -hmm. just me overanalyzing and she's just having a good time making music now um because there definitely is something that feels a little bit more free in her expressions on these yeah she's making what she wants to make yeah yeah but i think overall i would have just liked a a little more polish to distinctify Mm -hmm. these tracks themselves Mm -hmm. yeah something that like makes them stand out yeah I, yeah, because yeah. like even like I'm trying to think, and this is a thing that we texted about too. But like mm-hmm. the bridges on this album are giving like, you know, like street side like highway crossings, not like San Francisco like Bay Bridge. Like there's nothing that's yeah. like 
wowing me. Like they do their job. They they serve the community well, <laughs> but it's nothing to like write home about. It's like, OMG, mm-hmm. I just saw this stunning vista with a bridge in it. Like it's just like the only bridge that stands out to me as like a memorable bridge from this whole album is Would Have, Should Have, Could Have, which is one of her 3 a.m. tracks. Yeah, but other yeah. than that, a lot of these songs are repetitive. A lot of them are like, I mean, in the verse choruses yeah. and outro. And a lot of them have sort of a semi mini bridge, but then go back and repeat almost the original first verse again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I do think there's a strategy to that. Like, I think, like you said, these songs might not be like, do I think that vigilante shit is literal? No, I think that's her sitting in bed stewing about what she could have done to get yeah. this man back. Like it's a fantasy. It's her pacing in the night, thinking about things. And when you're thinking about things, you're just obsessing over them, repeating them yeah. in your head. Like just and so I do feel like maybe that was intentional with this album where it doesn't have the same sort of crescendoing payoff that a lot of her other tracks do, where she has the closure, where she gets the final twist. Mm. These ones don't have those same moments because it's just her kind of stuck in her head in each of these singular nights. Yep. And then she goes on to give us our seven bonus tracks. Yeah. And I think because she had even said these are, you know, I want the album to be seen as these 13 stories because cohesively that's what I see. But these are some of the songs that we've written as well. And I think that she, she did give us, she gave you, she gave people who wanted those bridges, those (laughs) seven songs. Cause a lot of the people in my Swifterinos group, I know I comment on all the time. They're like, the album really didn't do much for me until she released the 3am edition. Once the 3am edition was released, I was like, okay, I can get behind this album now. Yeah. I think it was very smart because like the problem with Lover and even Red is if you put too many tracks on an album, you lose the interest of the general public mm-hmm. and you get you can be picked apart in a much bigger way than if you just put out your like 13 strongest or most cohesive. Mm-hmm. And I think it is interesting to think about what I would have traded off on the main album to get some yes. of those 3 a.m. tracks. I don't know what my answer would be because I do get her point where she's like, this is my cohesive unit. It's safe. Yeah. It's it's like good. Like it's – I don't mean this critically. I'm just saying they're not her – you know, if she had put would have, should have, could have on this album, the entire internet would be about John Mayer and this single track. And while yeah. there is that subset of conversation happening, that's not a part of the major like uh, – critics like reviews of this album it's not a major part of the discourse because that's just a little bonus you know it's just Mm -hmm, a little mm -hmm. little extra flavor on the side and so I think she was smart in making this like a compact palatable um generally acceptable people-pleasing pop album yeah is it people-pleasing that's it's not 1989 right yeah (laughs) Well, I'm just thinking of all these people who, who are Swifties who I've seen yeah. be like, no, it's yes. not, not my cup of it tea. Um, I like it. It's not 1989. It's not Reputation. I feel like maybe 1989 was her best received album yes. from yeah. the general public. Like yeah. people like love folklore, but I think 1989 was where she hit that peak of where like yes. everyone was just like, what, Taylor? What, Taylor? And then, you know, like, and then it kind of just like for general public, not for me, but kind of just like went down a little bit. People were like, okay, like we don't despise her anymore. Right. Well, and it's interesting to think of, you know, an alternate universe where, where 1989 comes out, even where reputation comes out and then she does this one. And Mm -hmm. I think there'd be less hubbub about like, Hmm, 
this doesn't make sense because it was the natural progression of the two. And no folklore like, lover is more like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you throw in the pandemic, you throw in these self-reflective, like depths of her soul poems mm-hmm. set to music style, um, generally acceptable, simple background music vibes. And you got this whole slew of people realizing, oh, she's a good writer. And it reminds Mm -hmm. me a lot of like 1989 when it came out. People were like, oh, it's good pop. But then Ryan Adams did his slow down covers of it all. And they're like, wow, the artistry. Oh, my gosh. This is pure poetry. And it's like we never would have seen this if he hadn't slowed it down for our simple minds. (laughs) Read the lyrics. Yeah. So I think the same thing happened with Folklore Evermore, where people who weren't willing to give her the time of the day because she's a pop princess mm-hmm. were suddenly like, oh my gosh, like, yes, queen, mm-hmm. like, share your trauma with me so I can identify with it too. But once she goes back to pop, it's like, uh, is this no. the same queen who wrote Ivy that she would deign to write Sexy Baby? It's like, <laughs> yeah, she's been doing this. Like, she's been yeah. doing this throughout her career. She loves to diversify, you know, and yeah. that's why the whole gel pen, quill pen, and fountain pen, like, mm-hmm. uh, organization in her mind is so interesting and revealing mm-hmm. is that this will never be about, I mean, let's be real, she is making millions and it is about getting those records and it is about, like, being a success. Mm-hmm. But, she, like she said, if she didn't write songs, she wouldn't be in this industry. Like, she doesn't her priority is always about having fun telling stories and sharing feelings and writing music. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that she gets to perform them and perform them well enough to be a millionaire, like successful star. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do think that people want to just, you know, we want to compartmentalize. We want to put people into their little pegs and holes. And it's like, she is a good songwriter. We must put her here. And this is what I define as good songwriting. But in actuality, <laughs> she's like proven through her career that yeah. good songwriting does include gel pens with her shake it offs and her bad blood and her fun. And it's mirrored in the fact that she can go from that to writing something heartbreaking and raw and real and poetic uh, that fits your standard for what a good song is. Well, I think like what the problem with this that maybe overall is Taylor Swift, since she's evolved so much in the past mm-hmm. like seven, 10 years, she's picked up new fans throughout the way for each album, each different sound. And so these people become Swifties, quote unquote for folklore forevermore and then she goes midnight and then people are like whoa like no I don't I do not like Taylor's like well if you like listen to her past stuff listen to what she's been saying what she's been telling her fans what she's been telling that the industry this is what she wants to do and also I feel like this album if you're a Swifty you you get it a little bit more like it's more like you can go back and kind of see her past life that we all know so well and see where this song fits, where that song fits. Karma, for example, is for the Swifties. I have yeah. had a friend who who texted me and was like, I don't get karma. I'm like, oh, that's, I love it. that's why. <laughs> I'm like, you don't get it. It's for the Swifties. I was like, I love karma. I, I, yeah. Also, I love the, the fact that she's like, giving us that little like, oh, yes, I knew you guys thought karma. You guys have been pushing karma so much. This is karma. Like, you dummies. <laughs> like, there you go. Let, let's shut the door. And it's kind of a funny inside joke that nobody who yeah. is a real Swifty really gets. And then the song is just like, I, I love it. I love the yeah. song. And I love, you know, even before I heard the song, 
I love the meaning behind why she released it. Cause she always has that fan song. It's for my mm-hmm. fans. This is for her fans. It's like, yeah. shut up people. Here's Karma. <laughs> Well, I'm excited to have you on PS You're Wrong yes. for our uh, traditional uh, detoxing of yes. new Taylor music. And it's good to have a fellow Swifty there to face off against Matt the Monster. Um, you know, but I am interested <laughs> because we, we haven't talked about this and we'll talk about this probably on PS You're Wrong when we record tomorrow. I'm very looking, I'm looking forward to hearing your favorite song, yes. guessing your favorite song, because I'm always bad, but guessing your favorite song and your least favorite song, <laughs> but even more so Matt, because I feel like yeah. he always loves the, like one of the worst songs on the album. Cause it's more like <laughs> upbeat. So I'm, I'm very interested in hearing what his take is. I know he's going to hate it, but I'm also interested in what yeah. he thinks the best song on the album is. Yeah, no, it'll be fun. And I think we'll mm-hmm. definitely come back here once we have time to process and like talk about the the songs at large, the themes, the whatevers, uh, the mm-hmm. mini Easter eggs, um, all the vibes and everything in between. Uh, Music videos. Because it is like, yeah. it is a fun album to think mm-hmm. about, listen to. It, like the lyrics are very intriguing to me as someone who mm-hmm. likes to puzzle out meaning and stuff. I just think the package wasn't like everything I I would have loved in an album, but it's really mm-hmm. not like a deal breaker for me. It just feels like, okay, yeah, this will yeah. settle in. I don't even know where I'd rank it right now. I, see, that's what I'm also interested in too. Where <laughs> would you rank it? Like, where does it fall? You have to be working on that. Do you have like a moment that stood out to you? In oh, the yeah, whole... let's pull up those questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's the Easter egg, the Taylor of it all. Oh, yeah. We're going to give the, oh, yeah. the album a grade. And is it making tour? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, that's a good question. Like what Mm -hmm. on this track will not, what on this album will not make the tour? Like Mm -hmm. thinking of just the 13th, because I think someone counted and on reputation, there was 20 songs. (laughs) That's not a lot of songs. Yeah. Oh man. But, um, man, there's so much to talk about because we haven't even talked about Lana Del Rey's like (sighs) whispered appearance on this. I, well, I and thought we didn't we were even talk this. about the leak. No, oh, no, man. we haven't talked about anything. We haven't Too talked about much. anything. But we can talk about the Easter egg, Taylor of it all, give it a great an album. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. What's your favorite Easter egg throughout the album, before the album? Okay. My first reaction, um, my first gut reaction is, and I'm going to get hate for this. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but my favorite Easter egg which might be false and it might just be me reading into it, but question mark. I feel like it's a direct uh, response to her kissing Carly Kloss at that concert. Like I, really? like the verse, the chorus where she's yeah. like, have you ever kissed your friend in a crowded room? And then all your friends mm-hmm. are making fun of you. And then five seconds later, like blah, 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 blah. It immediately made me think of that moment. And that was before uh-huh. I'd like listened to discourse yeah. or like Gaylor or whatever. Yeah. I just felt like, it felt like acknowledgement. Okay. Okay. So I will acknowledge that and then I will twist it to a different side. So I saw a TikTok, which I don't know if the United States is going to be able to see TikTok ever again. Today they're going <laughs> to. So I'm indulging in TikTok right now. There was a TikTok where, because it says, have you ever been kissed in a crowded room and then your friends are making fun of you and then 15 seconds later we're cheering you. Someone did a TikTok about Selena Gomez and there's that thing where like Selena and Justin are kissing and then, you know, two... Taylor and another friend are like, ugh, like this is gross. But then, you know, Selena's gonna is going and performing and then everyone's cheering her on. And then someone had said, Why would 
one of her sleepless nights not be helping one of her friends get over a breakup? And when, because you're thinking about, because when you read, when you read, um, question, it says, and you're with her, you know, of course, that's a suitable thing to be. And one thing about Carly Claus, Carly Claus is with a guy. So I'm just kind of like, this could definitely be about Selena and Justin, because I'm sure one of her sleepless nights is helping Selena through that breakup. Mm, so that TikTok changed my whole view. I'll try and find it and send it to you. I was like, because I my first thought went to Carly too. Like, have you ever been kissed in a crowded room? And I was like, oh, that's 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 a Gaylor <laughs> reference. That's where I went to. But I saw that TikTok changed my whole mind. I like, yeah, I what? guess you know, I, it would take some unpacking, some really analyzing mm. the lyrics and yeah. the pronouns and all of that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that, it, you know, I, I really need to study it out in my heart. Yeah, um, yeah. But that did stand out as like a fun Easter egg. What about you? Mm, I, like, I am. I the, of course, like I already said, karma was a fun Easter egg because, like, if you're a Swifty, you know, you yes. know. Um, one that I liked was "You're on Your Own, Kid." The way oh, she structures so the songs, she structures like some of the the lyrics by her eras and where she was at in mm. my mind in oh, in like her I'm life. So she's taking us. That. From Taylor all the way to now. And I'm like, oh, like different, like speak okay. now. It's just, it's really interesting. I'll have to send you a TikTok about it. That's I how love I that. Yeah. It. I'm going to have yeah. to look into that. Um, what's the next question? Taylor of it all. Is there uh, an album? Lyric. Uh, oh, yeah. What's the best Taylor Swift lyric? Or what's, the, I think we should change it to the song in the 13 tracks that you feel like is the Taylor of it all out of the uh, whole album. <laughs> Because like, taking a lyric is going to be hard. Yeah. I feel like there's so much. There's so many lyrics that I want to like pull out. But I'm like, what song? I mean, honestly, You're On Your Own, Kid. Like that was a really good one. Um, yeah. I think especially if you're looking for a like a raw Taylor Swift. And I think that is the one she wrote by herself. That's her track five. And yeah. um, I want to say that's the one she wrote by herself. Um, yeah. But... It's good. Yeah, well, it's written by Jack and Taylor. Oh, okay. There is one singular written one. one. Maybe it's vigilante shit. (laughs) Or Labyrinth. Don't pay attention to. Yes, Um, vigilante shit. Taylor Swift. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She was she was up at night writing that one. (laughs) She's like, "This is my midnight." (laughs) Putting her eyeliner on. Yeah, I will say actually. The tailor of it all has to be mastermind. Um, mm. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, this completely defeats the purpose of Invisible String, which I disagree with. I think it's a classic Taylor Swift sister song where she's like, mm-hmm. yes, the universe did conspire. I hated time. Time was my enemy. But then I realized like time gave me you, like everything lined up so that we could meet. Mm. Mastermind is her being like, we have met. How can I keep this now- together? <laughs> yes. she'll keep yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think I think it's clever in the way it um, kind of posits women as like having to play these games, mm-hmm. which we can unpack the like you know second wave feminism of that and everything mm-hmm. and the sort of invert sexism there. But I think it's playful in the way she's like, "Yes, I'm going to make this happen because I'm freaking obsessed with you." Went home and googled you the instant it happened. Like this is my game plan now. But I also like that it has a classic Taylor Swift twist where in the end she's like, oh, wait, you knew all along. You like were fine with it. You gave yeah, me that like, smirk and like you were you chilling with me being this. Yeah. Like if, if, <laughs> yeah. 
you knew I was a mastermind and you could have stopped at any moment. Yeah. And you could have gone, but you just played <laughs> along with my little games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's the Taylor, it like obviously references a lot of her old songs. It plays into mm-hmm. their weird relationship beginning. Like it's clearly a messy start, but I like that she's like, you know what? I'm glad I did it the way I did it because look at this. And then she's like, oh shit. And you knew it. And like yeah. we're we're psychotic geniuses together. <laughs> William Bowery, we're meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, I really like Mastermind too. But I think like the tailor of it all, the whole for me would be you're on your own kid just because that yeah. brings us, in my mind, like I said, brings us from like her career of like love story all the way to Mastermind. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to have to re-listen to that with that in mind. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah. And um, give the album a grade. I would give it – I'd give it a B. You give it a B. I'd yeah. give it an A-. minus. Oh, okay. I'd give so it an A-. So you're A-. saying like top three albums or what? You give all give her a- albums an A. I give so all of her like- albums A's. <laughs> I think I, I think I gave like one a B. Like I'd see it as like an A minus, an A, and A plus, yeah. and then yeah, okay, maybe okay, a yeah. B plus. And I need to go through her yeah. albums and say what I like, what I think is a B plus. But yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's tough. Like I'm I, an unreliable podcast. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because it's like thinking about ranking them. Like I'd be like, oh, it's better than Speak Now, but then I'm like, well, mm. is it? Enchanted, dear John. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. I Does that's it give the problem. Is like, slaps. Yeah. yeah. Like Lover, I still think is one of her messiest. Mm-hmm. It's probably like debut and Lover are bottom two for me. But and I think songs I'd like that are this top one. ranked for exactly. you. Though. Are any of these songs topped ranked for you? Not no. yet. Will they ever be? That's the question. The there's a couple. There's a couple on her 3 a.m. tracks that might okay. make it into the top 20. Okay. I was I'm trying to hear about this the tomorrow. songs again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, you. Well, we're going to be podcasting tomorrow with P.S. Yes. You're wrong. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure when that'll drop. Do you guys drop that Thursday. on Thursdays? Okay. Yeah. And I think this will be dropped probably Tuesday or Wednesday, but you'll be able to listen to this, our raw reactions without anyone like <laughs> coming in trying to like, you know, like, I don't know, put a snake in the rabbit yeah. pen. <laughs> And then you'll be able to go to PS You're Wrong on Thursday and see or hear what our favorites and least favorite songs are. Yeah. And then also defend Taylor from from that. <laughs> and I know some people don't like that, but I think it's it's always the best of a release week I'm for hopeful. me. I'm hopeful. I'm yeah. hopeful it'll be. I don't know. I don't know if he was in the right mindset to accept this. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. But it'll be fun. And then we'll have to come back and kind of regroup after you yeah. know digesting this album for a little week or so yeah we'll be um to- watching the music videos watching oh, yeah. the next next single which is probably be vigilante shit because she because when she did the midnights at mayhem two phones were upside down it was oh. um, anti-hero and vigilante shit so i'm glad that I, we're on the same page <laughs> an easter egg <laughs> yeah that was an easter egg there you go she's very very like yeah. up front with that i'm very interested in in that in the Gillette Shits music video. Yeah. Very interested in that. It'll be fun I to guess we'll see. Well, and I guess, you know, it goes back to that acorn uh acorn project in New York. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people realize that that's an acronym for a a collect I don't know. There's like a collectum or midnight. 
yeah, everyone thinks it's a Taylor Swift project. So we'll see. We were expecting, um, we were expecting some kind of, uh, what was it? Documentary making of. Yeah. So hope maybe, maybe that'll, it'll be like the Cornelia street studio sessions. Yeah. <laughs> Something similar to acorn studio. The sessions. labyrinth. Yeah, uh, long pond studio sessions. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they could do that though, because Jack Antonoff would just be at his computer going beep, 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 beep. Yep. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm whatever gets us more Taylor Swift content, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We can wrap it up now. Okay. We can wrap it up with it's been going forever, but you guys, um, you can listen to us on all different platforms. We're excited. Don't forget to tune into PS You're Wrong. But until Next time, I'm Ashley. And I'm Shelby. And Taylor, hi. It's me. <laughs> we're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're the people podcasting about you all the time. Maybe we should change the name to um Swift what was it? Swiftly Life Life Comes at You Swiftly. Oh yeah. That's gonna be that's gonna be our next podcast. It's us. We're the problem. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.